0: to be back to the house of God. Do you love Him? Amen. I love Him just more and more each day. Especially when I hear the Word of God. It just uh, make your heart uh, so thrilled to love Him more. I'm so thankful the Lord uh, sent us a messenger and give us the message of this hour. And it's not just uh, uh, 50 years ago, but that Word is still alive today. And in a personal way. And to each day, make it more real than ever. We give all the glory to God. If you don't mind, I'll just ask you to uh, turn to the scripture. Let's turn to our book of Romans, chapter uh, 8. I uh, speak the last time, uh, uh, nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. So tonight, uh, I want to continue on that subject. And the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as a sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all the things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, let's just turn to uh, one more page of the, uh, chapter 9, of uh, Verse 29. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as a Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. Amen. May the Lord bless this word. Let's bow our head. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we turn to the most sacred scripture. This is the word of God to us. Not only just word on the pages, but this is the blood of Jesus Christ this is the holy spirit had made us real to us this is a person of jesus christ this is not just a denominational talk Lord, this is not just a the regular building that the people come in there To uh, spend some time and do their religion. But this is the time that we meet our God. This is a place that's called a holy place. And not because the building. But because the holy God and the holy people Lord. So Lord we just pray you take this service. Glorify your own name. And speak to your children. Meet every need. We love you Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's a such a um, uh, subject that I don't think anybody can um, really do justice to the subject. can make it as, um, uh, uh, how to say this, uh, the, uh, the love of God. I think we can, we can only experience the love of a God, but we cannot even talk about the love of God. And nobody can put it into the word how much our God has loved at us. And about it, uh, I just pray the Lord, and may this become a more personal to you than ever, that God loved us and you know we're always we talk about oh god loved us and we love god but do we really experience the love of god i think that's each day passing by when we look at the what we have went through when we look at how the lord has blessed us when we look at how the lord has saved us has transformed us and has saved our life and not only our own self but save our children and keep us uh, them safe uh, that in this evil age I think that's what we can say, Lord, we do love you. And we do understand that our God has a loving us to the uttermost the way. I think nobody can really uh, speak to them fully about it, what, what is the love of God is. But if the Lord is willing, I would try to... Just bring us, uh, maybe we can have a deeper relationship with Him. Uh, let us uh, experience and become a more love to Him. You know, to uh, love Him and uh, also to become a beloved uh, by Him. That is uh, such a wonderful thing. It's not that we don't want to see this lightly. That uh, we are the beloved of Jesus Christ, but we do experience that that we are the beloved of Jesus Christ. And He died for us. He sent a message of this hour to us. Think about how many billions, billions of the people on this earth without the, although uh, some, a lot of them go to the churches. And uh, this is Sunday. Probably many people that in the morning go to the different churches and want to uh, hear the sermon that the pastor was speaking. But how many people can really understand Him? How many people can really know what God really is? How many people can really have the revelation of this hour, who Jesus is? Yes. Many people talk about Him. Many people uh, maybe talking about Him even with tears in their eyes. But how many people really, really experience the Jesus Christ? How many people really know the love of God is? I think only the bride of Jesus Christ would know that. But many times it becomes so common to us. I think that sometimes we need to go back to our foundation. Go back to it things that we haven't been uh maybe uh rated over and over it again uh, like brother tom was speaking about when i look at it he hold up the message that christ is a mystery for god probably the pages all falling off of that i think that is the man that loved the word of god and i don't want to uh, know more about uh you know uh uh have the deep deep revelation of this uh, in a, such a way that we're speaking about but i want to have the closer relationship with him I wanted it to be like the prophet that said I don't know uh, uh, uh maybe I'm not knowing about the word so much but I know his author very well I think that's that is the cry of the Jesus Christ as the bride and tonight uh, uh if you just bear with me and I want to read you a quote um, uh, Brother Bramma said is there anything too hard for the Lord and he talked about Abraham he said we see In the first part of this chapter, Abraham was sitting in the door of this tent on a real hot day. He said it must have been a very hot day. Perhaps a lot of complaints had been coming in lately by the herdsmen, that the grass was all gone, the land was drying up, and that the cattle was becoming very thin, and also that the water supply was just about all gone. He said they find the, the water holes in the land as uh, the water got low. They would uh, dig out and dig out till they got down to where the water was sipping through the rocks. And still the cattle did not have enough water to supply them. You know, sometimes when things are going around dark, we know by nature that it's the darkest just before day. And many times when we see disastrous things happening like that especially to believers we must bear this in our mind that is a Satan trying to block the blessings that's on its road right. many times we go through the, the trials or the dark hours in our life and we have to not just thinking positively but to know in our heart that is the Satan try to block the, the blessing of God that's coming to you right. If in Daniel's time that the, the, the king of uh, the, the devil this, uh, of a person and uh, stopped uh, that angel come to Daniel for many days. I wonder how many days that in this uh, evil hours of supposed to be the mostly evil time that uh, the devils that try to stop the, the blessing that are coming from the Lord and send it along to you. But you see, it's always in the darkest hour. And then, that's what we have to realize. That in this most darkest hour, that is the Satan trying to block the, the blessing. There's a karma on a road. And Abraham said, Satan was trying to tempt them to feel that they had done wrong. And was trying to block the oncoming visitation. That God was going to give it to Abraham and Sarah. And it said, and we're taught in the scripture that all things work together for good to them that love God. And no matter how bad it seems, remember it has to be working for your good. And I'm so glad of that. He said, Satan's been after me all day. So I just believe that here is a blessing in store here in this city somewhere. You're talking about the prophet. Does the prophet, does the Satan has a, a after the prophet all day? It doesn't matter if you're the prophet or you're the pastor or the minister or you're just a normal believer. But Satan has no respect to the person. He will do the same thing to everybody. But we're thankful there is one that is greater in us that is greater than the, than the one that's in the world. Then he said, uh, and uh, when he attempts and tries to block out, he said, uh, what's he trying to do? He said, uh, get you to disbelieve. He said, the worst thing that you can do is disbelieve in God. And as soon as you get a little scared, well, maybe I haven't done this, and I haven't done that. He said, right then, Satan's got that blessing conquered for you. You can't get to it as long as Satan makes you think that. The Satan is always trying to battle in our mind. And a lot of time, you thinking, oh, i done this wrong. I shouldn't do that. Oh, this I should do, but I didn't do. But don't look on that. Because if you just look on that, then the Satan will deprive your rights that you have a right to go before the Lord. And the Lord is want to bless you. This is not just a social gospel. We try to preach it to you. Lord, if there's anybody that the Lord wants to bless, He wants to bless His bride. If there's anybody the Lord wants to give the blessing to, that is the bride of Jesus Christ. But if Satan tried to block it way. How to block it? He tried to work it in our mind. Try to let you think, Oh, I did this wrong, I didn't do that. Don't think on that thought. Thinking on what is God has thinking about you. He said, now Satan was to try to block Abraham and Sarah. Because he knew that there was an angelic visitation coming. And then when everything rises, He said, all out of order. Then we know something wrong. He said, now I believe maybe if we will listen to Satan, we might miss seeing it like Sarah did. Because I think that Sarah, being that she had done what she did, the thing that she was kindly a little fuzzy that morning. And Sarah is supposed to be the wife of uh, Abraham, which is going to be inherited, the, the inheritance from the Lord. But even Sarah sometimes gets into the little fuzzy situation. And sometimes you think that uh, uh, to be a believer, everything will be smooth, everything will be alright. You go along good. You'll never uh, fall. You'll never make a failure. You'll never make a mistake. You, every every time you're like a supernatural being, that seems like a supernatural angel all the time, and you become holy from the day, from the morning to the night before you lay your bed, lay your head on the pillow. It's not that thing. Amen. You're still a human being, right. but in that human being there is a seed of God laying there. In that human being there is a promise getter over there. There is a promise receivers that's in there. Every promise of a God is a giving to that seed that lays it in you. And even Sarah, Brother Bram said, he might be getting a little fussy that morning, that she might have said, Abraham, you know the supplies are getting low here. And her husband say the pasture is all dried up and a water hose. I think you made a wrong decision when you choose to come up here. And their lord and miss Lot and their family live down there with plenty. I can almost hear the conversation going on. They're in the tent, they're sitting there, maybe they're Abraham's accounting, that doing his document They try to make their uh, the bill met, or make the ends meet or whatever. And uh, say, how's the business going? It seems that always always run down the deficit. It seems that it always uh, is not, uh, not meeting the need. And that sometimes for the believer to go through the rough time, even no matter how spiritual that person is, when a person is in the rough time, in a difficult situation, sometimes we're getting confused that we don't know what to do. Right. It's not because you're not this, uh, spir- this spiritual. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. Right. That have nothing to do with your spirituality that is in you. You are still the son and daughter of God. Son and daughter of God, sometimes they run into the shallow water. Son and daughter of God, sometimes they run into difficulty. Son and daughter of God, sometimes they fall too, they stumble too. But that has nothing to do with the election of God, because if God loves you, he' loved before the foundation of the world. there is nothing going to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ Amen. Amen. and when Abraham and Sarah were start discussing and they started getting and Sarah started getting a fussing and a fussing even more because uh you know they got a a complaint coming from the herdsmen, and the, the grasses is getting low, the waters is getting low, and they cannot make their ends meet, and uh, then the uh, Sarah, because she's the weaker vessel, but though she's a weaker vessel, she's still the carrier, she's still the, the one that Abraham has to put his seed in her, that the promised son is supposed to get him from Sarah. No matter how that uh, she run into that the difficulties, uh, sometimes even the uh, situation, they drive a believer into the situation, they're probably thinking, I'm a spiritual, I'm I a believer, I'm a predestined seed of God. Don't doubt about that. You receive the word. You receive the message of this hour. No matter whatever you go going through, there only is the one thing that proves you have the Holy Spirit. There's the one thing to prove that you are the son and daughter of God. You receive the word in that hour. Amen. And when they start to getting fussing, that's just to dramatize this a little bit. I'm not that good at a dramatize. I'll just try to do my best out of it. And Sarah may maybe talking to it, and Abraham said, "Honey, do you think you make it a wrong decision? You look at a lot. Lots of it in the land there. He got a business after business. He become a tycoon. Is that a tycoon? <laughs> Whatever that is. He he was working in the Sodom. Then you think about Abraham. He was to become a big businessman that ended up Sodom. And he became in a higher society. And Abraham, so what? And Sarah said, honey, don't you think you make a wrong decision? Oh, by the way, Abraham, he's also religious too. He's not just uh, uh, all, uh, all the time drinking and smoking and doing this. Lot is still religious. Abraham, he, a Lot keep his own, he keep his the religion just as you keep the religion but at the same time he's a good businessman at the same time he buy the three or four company he do very good on Amazon in the star market and everything seems as good for a lot to sake. what about you Abraham? and Abraham probably bowed his head and maybe some little doubt would come on in yeah look at me I cannot even afford a new dress for my wife and then the Sarah kept going on said honey thinking about it he said, we don't even have a, we can't even buy a pair of snow tires for our donkey. And Abraham probably saying, why do you need a snow tire? We're in a hot country. And Sarah saying, honey, don't you remember the last year the big snowfall come? And we can't even afford a snow tire for our donkey. I have to push the donkey all the way up to the hill to go to church. <laughs> don't you think you do something wrong, Abraham? And that the fussing still going on. Looks like Abraham and there's nothing to argue with about it. And then, and Sarah maybe said, "It's said, you ought to, well not maybe, this is a quote, okay. Is <laughs> <laughs> that I might have heard her saying something like this, you ought to have seen the new hairdo that Lost's wife had. And Sarah said, I literally, out other day I just look on Instagram. And Miss Lot, I saw the picture. That's her new hairdo. And on there, do you know how much money she spent for that hairdo? She spent up one hundred twenty dollars to do her hair. And I cannot even spend. Well, I don't have uh, much hair to do. Because all my hair is just a ponytail, ponytail from day and night. And I said, Abraham, and uh, don't even look. Not even the lost wife doing that. Mister Lot has a new hairdo too. He got a new fade, this is coming. I mean, it's a cut, just a shaving it up, it's just like so sharp, you can never... And, it's, uh, and Mr. Lot even had a picture with her, with his barber. And I forgot the name of the barber, I think he calls, uh, Labinskaya or something. And then the barber just take a picture with him. Do you know how much money that the Lott spent on that hairdo? 80 bucks! And Abraham said, why 80 bucks? Man, we can put a lot of a message on a message hub about that. We can support a lot of a missionary. We can do a lot of things, help the Uganda to do a lot of stuff. And help them to get a message to build a church or something. But the fuss is going on. And Sarah said, you know, honey, don't you think you made a mistake? Don't you think you're making a wrong decision when you choose to come up here? And their Lot and Missalot and their family living down there with plenty? I can almost hear Abraham saying, No. I met God personally. I came in contact with God personally. No matter how much religion Lot has down there. No matter how many plenty that Lot has down there. But I hear God personally. God coming down to me and speak to me personally. Does it speak to a lot? I don't know. But I do know God speak to me personally. No matter what is other people doing. No matter what other people have a plenty. Or you have to go for meager and live in the life of the poor. That doesn't prove nothing. Only thing prove that you meet God personally. Only thing prove you hear his word in this hour. Amen. God to speak to me, Abraham said. He said, I met that Melchizedek. I don't know if a lot of matter or not, but I make God a person, yeah, But Abraham said, and poor old Abraham, a faithful old brother. He said that that didn't shake him one bit. He just walked over and get his chair and sat down in the door of the tent. He said, I like that. Sometime in a, maybe the argument in a family going going to, going to becoming in heat. I think maybe the husband need to do a little work just like Abraham did. Get your chariot out at the door. And just sitting there calm down a little bit. Right. I know your husband don't do that. i just speak to the poor people on the internet. <laughs> but Abraham said, do you notice that when the angels come to Lot, Lot was sitting in the gate. But Abraham was sitting in the door. Right. Is that a gate comes into the yard, but a door goes into the house. Right. I like to sit in the door, on the altar, close as I can get to Him. That's where my expectation is, on the altar, waiting for His appearance. Amen. You know that God wants to get into your house? Hallelujah. But He doesn't want to just get into your yard. No. He wants to get you in your room. Amen. He wants to get into your bedroom, get into your kitchen, get into the living room, get into every aspect of your life. Amen and the prophet said he said Sarah a little fussy and going on but he just but Abraham just let it go and he began to think back how many great blessings God has given to me Amen. whenever you got into a fussing situation whenever you come to that argument whenever you come to the point that like Abraham did and then do what as Abraham do just think about how many blessings that the Lord has given to you. Lord may not bless you with a great job. You may uh, don't have a two penny that are up together, but Lord give you a family. Lord give you a dear wife who's a faithful. Can you expect anything better than that, husbands? That is a wife that's a faithful, that the wife stayed at home to serve you, that a wife to pray for the children, the wife that love you, that don't go for this hairdo and that hairdo and go post this and post that and do this and do that. You have a dear wife in the that house that taking care of the house. How much better benefit that you can get? Your a benefit will not be having nothing equal with that to compare with a dear wife that's sitting at home to love you when you go home and then when you get tired and you can go to your wife and, and talk with him and she understands what you go through. And she can pat it on your back and give you a little massage. I hope they do. And say, dear, I know what you're going through. And sometimes you don't have a sickness, but you just try to pretending because you just get a hard, a, a, too hard on the outside. You just, oh, Danny, I, I'm gonna tired. not that the wife who tried to pull you out? But honey, go, go uh, sweep the floor and do a mowing. And then the, uh, the wife said, Honey, just stay here. I will do all this work. My wife do that. <laughs> sometimes, if you have that type of a wife, treat you like little children. You should be very happy about that. And you can go home and let off the pressure. Don't have to be pretending this and pretending that. Don't have to be worried about your wife to go to running around. What a blessing that you have, husbands. And to have a children, not having a tattoo on their face, on their necks, on their hands and all those things. And the children are coming home and they can talk and sit down and talk to you, daddy. And to relate it about to what water are in their school and what are in their work, and there's something that you can do. What a blessing that we have! Amen. Do as Abraham do. Think about the many blessings Hallelujah. when he was seeing those fussy situation. Brother Abraham said, "Is there anything too hard for the Lord?" He said, "Why well, he?" set him down there, though they didn't look any different. He was talking about those uh, three, the angels, the Elohim, the visiting him. He said, that though they didn't look any different from any other man, because they were dressed dust on their clothes, and come from some other country, Probably their feet are dusty and their clothes are ragged. But Abraham knew inside there, there was something real. The Spirit declared it. Why? He kept to himself in a spiritual atmosphere all the time. That he could recognize right from wrong all the time. You want to recognize what is right, what is wrong, you want to have the discernment, keep yourself in that atmosphere all the time. Though sometimes there's a, it seems like you lost the temper, though sometimes you might made a mistake, but keep yourself in the spiritual atmosphere reading the message, listening to the message, whenever there's something coming, the dark clouds seem coming, it seems like the devil try to drag you out of your atmosphere. Don't follow his footsteps. Stay in that spiritual atmosphere. Every time you will recognize the wrong and right. Amen. He said that that's the way the Christian ought to do today, is keep yourself prayed up under a spiritual atmosphere. Always, never seeing the best side, looking to the good side. You are children of God, expecting His blessings. Not just expecting all the worst things are going to come to you. Expecting God's blessing coming to you. When you come to the church, don't come to the church a law, or just another person with a speaking, just another minute speaking, Nothing going to uh, new, nothing going to good come out. You have to come here with expectation, and God is going to speak to you. You keep yourself with praying it up. Listen to the message, reading the message. Then you are in the spiritual atmosphere. When you are in the spiritual atmosphere, then you know what is right and what is wrong. Amen. Amen. He said, uh, Brother Bram said, we find out sometimes God let us get into trouble just to show us His love to us. Look at them after they come out of Egypt. They talk about those uh, Israelites. He said if we have time to strike those great places, he said it would take weeks. But let's watch. He said when they come out of Egypt, here they are, they're marching right on. And the first thing you know, they find themselves cornered. What do we quote it before? Whenever the Lord want to give you the blessing, Satan is always to try to block the blessing. And whenever God want to do something, you'll find out Satan is always there, to try to fight it back. But, the, the prophet said, and he said, sometime God let us get into trouble just to show His love to us. God has to show His love, show His mighty, show His uh, power, that in this seems like we're being pushed to the corner. And if we're not in the difficulty, how are we going to experience the love of God? If it's not that the enemy was fighting you day and night, how would you going to experience the love of God? Right, right. You just go there, everything was so smooth. You don't you don't feel the love of God. You probably think, oh, this is a God love me, this, everything's was going on. But only when you're into the difficulty, when the trials has come, when it seems like you're in the dry place, that is the time God makes himself more real than ever to you. And he's talking about it like those that use their lights. When they're, uh, when they're uh, uh, in, in Egypt, and when they're coming out, and Moses uh, bring them out, and then they're getting uh, before the Red Sea, and they were cornered, and the uh, uh, Pharaohs, uh, that is his army, and they start to, uh, coming to uh, chasing them, to pursue them. And then they find out sometime, that in our life, it seems like, the things that we have overcome, it seems like it has surged back again. Things like the things that we haven't been dealt with, it seems like it is a coming back and a pursuing again. And a try to, uh, take, um, uh, capture you back to, the, to those things. Amen. But don't you forget, God always has showed his love when his troubles have come. When, the, when those Israelites when well, they come in before the Red Sea, and they're thinking they're cornered, they have no way to turn. But actually, God used the Red Sea and to drown their enemy. So that an enemy, that Pharaoh's army, that Israelites, that they never see them again. You know, many times that when things has happened to in our life, and when Satan tried to block it and Satan tried to do this it seems like sometimes the different the things that we thought we dealt with it seems like it come back again don't you worry it's God who want to use that difficulty the things that will come back and God want to draw those things forevermore so that those things will never bother you anymore and then the, the God will let you understand that this is not what you did but this is He did this he provides you a sacrifice. Yes. He provides you a way of escape. You know, sometimes when we, uh, get a cut in our, in our body, in our hand, I don't know much of science, medical about it, but if you get a cut that in your hand and then there's a, uh, there's a gap over there, then the blood starts to, that are coming out. And when the blood starts to coming out, but there's a healing power, healing virtue that's in that blood, and then the blood starts to heal, start to take the, the dirty things out of the uh, the cut, and then after that the cut become a head of a scap. and then the uh, the blood softened and and starts to get a healing, and when the uh, to uh, was it taken a few uh, weeks or, or months after the total totally healed and you will left a, a scar over there. And you know, m- many times I find out is that sometimes when we have the hurt, when we have the going through some uh, hurting experience or some uh, damage or some uh, mistake or sometimes even a self-inflict that the pain that we have, when those things has happened, It's like a cut that is on your body. But you have to understand that in this body, there is a healing virtue in there. No matter how hurt you are, no matter how damaged that you get, no matter what you think that you go through, but there's a still, there's a healing power in the blood that in the Word of God. And when you receive that word, you receive the blood of Jesus Christ. The life of Jesus Christ is in you. And that Jesus Christ's blood has all the healing power that in that word of God. No matter what hurt you go through, no matter what damage that caused to you, no matter what back memory that you have, but a healing power still can heal every disease. That healing power still can heal every cut, can still heal every damage, every memory challenge. Channel, every my, reasonable channel, everything that the devil tried to throw to you, that it made a damage in your life, but there's a healing power in that blood still can heal everything. Yeah. Yes, can. And when that's a healing power come. It doesn't mean that will never leave any scar that in your life. Even there's a healing that in the Word of God. Christ is the healer. Christ is the Savior. Lord Christ can save you. But it doesn't mean the things that you dealt with before will never come back to you anymore. Christ is the healer. He can heal you once, but you can get sick again. But if you get sick again, that same God that healed you before can heal you the second time. If the same God that dealt with you before in the things that you're dealing with, if those things that try to pop out as ahead, head, that same God, the same healing virtue in the Word of God can dealt with that thing again. If those are hurt to come in and again, left of the mark and left of the cut, when the led to the blood of Jesus Christ, that the Word that is in you come to flow to heal that wound. Don't try to seeking this or seeking that, seeking different remedy. Try to heal that. The word of God in this hour, the virtue that is in the blood of Jesus Christ still can heal your body, heal your mind, that heal your soul, heal your family. Amen. They will heal everything. Will heal relationship. Amen. It still has a healing power in it. But Lord, He got a healing power in it. As the time goes by, there will still left a scar on it. It still will left a mark on it. Once in a while, the people who break their bone, they probably will realize this. When you break your bone, you break your ankle or something, when the weather started changing, getting dismal or getting cold, that part is still hurting. That part is still sometimes is hurting. It's healed. It was a mandate you don't have a breaking bone anymore but there's a scar left it over there but you see that scar though the scar this is left over there though the healing power has healed that plus and then a scar left it on over there but for the spiritual believer that scar is not to you a scar of shame right. that scar is not a scar try to let you to complain That scar is a glorious scar to prove there was a healing healed my wound. That scar is a scar of glory to tell you, Lord, you have done something special in my life before. Whatever the weather, when the environment, when the circumstances become a contrary, when the devil starts to put a dismal down here, try to put a situation around you, it seems that a habit starts to coming back. Don't you worry. Lord already healed you. It's just a scar. But then you can look back to that scar and face to face with the devil say, Lord has healed me from that. Lord has taken the habit away from me of that. You have no way to tempt me. Don't mean sometimes it's hurting. Sometimes it's got a little painful in there. But that scar only shows one thing. Healing has taken place. That shows the love of God. And I was thinking about some of their sisters that become a single mom. Lovely sisters. And all their life dedicated to their family. But they're in a marriage going through the problem. Then they divorce, then become a single. Some they have to take care of their children. They can never be their daddy. They can never be their husband. There's a defect in there. There's a crack that is in the family. There's a, I don't know how to use the word to say, it will be forever. There's a whole place that is in there. But you see, God still is the God of a healer. God still is the God. There's a healing virtue in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's still a healing virtue that in the blood of Jesus Christ, a bloody, bleeding word in this hour. If you keep yourself in a spiritual atmosphere, and you will always know wrong from right. You always know what is the right to do, and what is the wrong to do. In your lonely hour, there's a comforter there. In that an hour, they will need somebody to comfort you. It's God himself will comforting you in the desire you feel the whole of this, that in your life that in God has the healing power he healed you before he can still heal you now Amen. there's only a scar left there that scar only proves one thing the healing has taken place Amen. then they become a greater testimony they still love the Lord they reach up their children and against the whole odd. Right. and they're coming to church put their children in the school and attending activities that are in the school that are in the church and they're not living the life for themselves but they're living life for the others what does that mean that means that it's a scar but it's that's a scar in that masterpiece that scar shows the healing has taken place that scar shows the glory of god that is still same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. God will never take the scar away. He will leave that scar on you. Amen. But that scar sometimes is a painful. Sometimes it's coming back. It will always will be that. You say, "Oh, that's so negative." No, that's so positive. Because whenever there is a need, there must be have a provider. Whenever there's a defect there's a something to fill that a place who filled that place the Lord Jesus That you so love that the Lord Jesus that love you so much. He will fill that place It's not that a mark of a shame But it's a mark of a glory It's a mark to prove the healing has taken place Good. Good. Some of the single mother Some of the single brothers And some of the children are coming from a broken home But even those things that's happened to you But that's still when you're sitting here When you're listening to the word, when you give yourself to the Lord wow. You don't have a complaint. Maybe sometime the devil will come behind the door. Sometime you're coming before the people, seems very strong, you're going home. Maybe you're going to cry. Maybe you're going home and nobody's going to understand. But listen to me, God understands you. Amen. And listen to me, that scar is only a scar of not shame, but scar of glory. To prove that there is a healer, to prove that there is a supporter, To prove there's a comforter. To prove there's a strength giver. That doesn't show the weakness. That shows the strongness. That doesn't show that you are, you know, you are just, uh, you're just nobody care. But that just shows there's a greater one who care you the most. Not many people have that scar like some of us had. Like the, the bride of Jesus Christ had. They went through a lot of difficulty. They went through a lot of trials. They went run, they run through a lot of things that probably normal people would never think it would have went through. It's not how much you go through, but it's when you go through all of that, you still stay. When you go through all of that, you still believe the Lord. When you go through all of that, you still follow the promise of God. The Word of God has said... To me, that is a hero. Amen. To me, that shows the one thing Lord has left a mark on the person like that. Amen. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. He left, He left it on love, the mark of love on each individual. Amen. The things that you went through, the things that you are going through, that only shows one thing there is a greater one than the living in the person. remember said it's in my. that woke up one morning to look back there was the mountains on one side the Red Sea and on the desert at the Red Sea and the desert Pharaoh's army coming pursuing them all nature was trembling under them not a thing could be done God let them get into that kind of a tight place to reveal himself to them Amen. he said I think a lot of time today The reason we get in tight place, the reason we get in tight places, is God wants to reveal and to show us His love. And to prove to us that He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And His power still the same. As Abraham was one through, that what is, uh, in his family or in his, uh, a poverty, while well, the lot has all the plenty. And maybe Abraham doesn't have a good life that in the tent. And he got a, the wife uh, that was, uh, I tried to, uh, do, an arguing with him about that. But Abraham was looking for one thing. He's not looking for what he saw right now. He's looking for the promise of God. Amen. The bride of Jesus Christ, he doesn't look at what is right now. They're looking at what God has promised us. We're not living the life just to get by on this earth and try to live a good life, and try to do things, uh, you know, be a good citizen, and just live a life, and be a good father, be a good husband. That's which, which all those things are legitimate and is good, but that's not the whole purpose that we'll live on this earth. Abraham's whole purpose is not just to live a life, God promised that He will have a son. And our promise the Lord give us is the rapture, is the body change, that's what we're looking for. And that's what Abraham is constantly looking for. He's constantly keeping himself in a spiritual atmosphere, not to be bothered by those worldly things, by the worldly things that was going on. His only thing, only thing, He was to look at it. It was only one thing to the promised son, and for us, the only purpose that we live on this earth, the only thing that we're living for, that in this world is only for one thing: that moment, that the body change. Amen. For us, we can get many counseling. That in this world, there's a lot of opinion. A lot of people can have an idea. And tell you this and tell you that, all kinds of things. Give you this advice and that advice. But the only advice that we need is just like Abraham had. He's looking for the promise of God. Beside this message, there's no advice that we can take. Besides that it revealed reveal the word, become a personal to us. No other advice can really help us. And Brother Brim said that by face Moses. He said, if he let, let you get to heaven on your justice works, he will have to raise up Ananias and Sapphira and give them another opportunity. He certainly would, but he, he's just... He said, Ananias saw his money, Peter saw Christ, he said, oh my, Lot didn't see the destruction of his children in that place. And many of you today hold around this old formal craze and things, you don't see the juvenile delinquency and the destructions of your children. You don't see a daughter in a prostitute house. You don't see your son, a drunkard, or at a card table somewhere because she's a wild water and sin is not touched. He didn't see his wife, the head of all the societies, turned to a pillar of salt when he was looking. He didn't see him escape only by the edge of his teeth to a little city somewhere for his life. He said a lot. He didn't see that because they only look at what he saw in front of him. Lot's got such a short vision. All he saw is just what is in front of him. But Abraham has a long range vision. He doesn't see what he get or what he doesn't get. But he look at the, the promise of God. That is the characteristic of uh, the bride of Jesus Christ. They're not just looking at what is in front of them. But they have a long range vision. All they're looking... Is the, what is the word of a God has a promise to, to them. No matter they live with the poor or they live with the rich, this is nothing to them. No matter what problems that they even have, they're looking beyond all this a problem. But look at what God has promised promise to, to them. The more you look at it now, the more you will be trapped into now. But the more you look at the future. And the more you will find out that the future become a clearer and a clearer before your eyes. And we find out that there's a lot. It seems like he will never get out of the trouble. Let me talk about that a lot a little bit. And he come out and visit Abraham. And it go on. Uh, it'll go, uh, go along with Abraham for a little while. But this has never become a personal revelation to him. He just follow along. He just, uh, we'll see if you would put a, up to date. He just go with his mom, go with his dad, okay, or go with his friends. Just come to the church day in and a day out. But you find out if you're just a follower of a man, if you're just a follower just because of the church, he's just coming. This just spend some religious time, and he's not. If this is not become a personal revelation. If not to the person, if the person not to the person will be born again from the Holy Spirit, sooner or later, those things, the sin, will catch up on them. Amen. And then uh, in the uh, book of Genesis, chapter 13, and the lost servants, and um, the Abraham's servants, they started fighting. They started arguing. And uh, they are arguing about who has the rights to feed their sheep. And it'll go to this path, they say, this is belong to me and that belongs to me. And when they're fighting and are going on, when the strife is going on, we'll say the strife is going on in the church. Or we'll say the strife is going on uh, in the family. Then, the Abraham said, you take whatever you want to take. I give you all the benefit of a doubt. I let you do everything that you want to do. But that's the don't fight. You do whatever the Lord revealed to you. No argument. You do whatever the Lord revealed to you. And you go to do it. And the lost, because they only saw now. And then he just go pitch his tent, getting toward Sodom, getting closer and closer and closer. You'll find out in the church or in the family or whatever you can put it in there. Whenever there's a problem happen, whenever there's a a strife, is, is it happening that just uh almost uh give it is like a give it a certain person a shot so that they can find excuse that they leave the message that they can find excuse that they can find their own place and make themselves a feel more comfortable place. And then those will problems. problem. It just seems like you give them a, uh, something to, to drive them away. They don't say, oh, I don't believe the message. I don't believe it. They still say they believe the message. They still say, oh, we believe the word. Oh, we believe the prophet. Of course, what you talking about? We're a message believer. We're reading the message. We're listening to the message. They're still doing the same thing. Probably like many of us is doing. But there's a no personal relationship there. There is no personal walk with the Lord. There is no born again experience. There is no dedication. There is no passion. No zeal to the word of God there. There is no life in there. But Lord finally find His excuse that he can do what he always want to do. Because the church is striving the things to give him an excuse that he can do that he always, that in his heart want to do. It's already he lost his heart. But the binding things is gone. Nothing binding him anymore. So now he can do it freely. So he said, bye bye Abraham. I'm just going on my own way. Then he started to go on his own way. And, uh, and he started to uh, pitch his tent toward Sodom. If we bring it up today's version, that the people start to mix it with the crowd that it shouldn't be mixed with. Get in a companion that it shouldn't even be companion with. Talk to the people that it shouldn't be even have a conversation with. And consider them to be the friends and actually they're an enemy of the gospel. They will say, oh, those people, they're not bad people. They're nice people. They're fine. Why are you so quiet? Is that they're nice people, they have a good personality. No doubt that they're good people. But we're not in the good people category. We're not living on this earth just to be a good people. Jesus said, I give you a life, I give you a life abundantly. We're not just making us to have a better scheme, a better skin off the teeth. Where, if you try, we believe the message, the message should produce the people that's going to the rapture. Amen. The message is supposed to produce the people with the character. Amen. The character to rule. The character to sit in the same throne that Jesus Christ has said, sir. Amen. That is the character that the message is supposed to build up. Amen. But the said, now there is a way that people think that it just to live a good life and can get to heaven. But that's an error. You do not get to heaven but living a good life. The people under the Mosaic law lived a good life. No doubt they're good people. No doubt they're nicer people. No doubt they're probably even better than some of our people. But that's not to the judgment bar of the Jesus Christ. That's not to the measuring tape. No, the measuring tape is to follow the word of God and live the word of God. Live a life of Christ in this hour. Amen. To follow every word that God say and do. And so then, there is the way of a church. That we try to go to heaven by the way of the church. Don't think we're coming to the corner of the Bible way They give you the pass that you can pass it along. You won't get it until you have a personal revelation with the Lord. Until Christ become a dear to you. Glory. He become a personal revelation. That making him become a Christ become a personal to you. Not just the mom and dads, not just the pastors, the ministers, the deacons, the trustees, not just anybody else, but your personal relationship with Him. But a church, as good as it is, and I think that every person out to belong to some church, but in the church, and as good as it is, it's still not the way. The church can only point you to the way, but Jesus is that way. And Jesus is what? He's the word. Glory. It's the word revealed in this hour personally to you. Christ in you become a hope of a glory. He revealed himself in you. Your life interpret the word of a God. Some has a perverted that way. To change it and into learning your catechism or saying craze or going by the book of Ruth. All that may be ever so good, but that's not the way. Right. Jesus is the way. He is the only way. No man can come to the Father except by me. Say Jesus, the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And let me say that again. Jesus Christ is the word, the message of this hour. Become a personal to you. When the strife coming, they were, the people like Lot... That they'll say, What well, if they're doing this to me, I'm going to go back to the world. I'm going to go to the Sodom. I'm still serving the God. It was my own way. They will never do. They're just getting deeper and deeper into sin. But God will never give it up. I'm coming to my main point here. No matter how deep... How close he pitched his tent towards Sodom. No matter how deeply he sunk himself into sin. But God will never give him up. That's right. Abraham never gave him up. Right. He's still pursuing him. Right. In a perfection. But Abraham said, a lot his cousin had backslidden. You see, the real true spirit of a Christ He said, I hope you get it. No matter how far he had a backslide, when he was in trouble, here come Abraham, to him with an army. That represent the Christ. When he saw the church of the living God had been caught away in the error of the devil, he formed a legion of angels and come to earth to pursue the devil. Overtook him, hallelujah, scared an enemy. He said, oh, how we love him for that. Overtook the enemy and he slew the enemy and robbed him of everything he had. Cast him aside. He said, I want you to say that too, of God's love. Christ going after the backslider and the sinner. The enemy had had us. And God the Father took the host of heaven and one pursued the devil until he conquered him and brought us back safely. No matter how deep that you fall into the trap. But there is a God that has always wants you back. Because you are His predestinated attribute, to this morning, as Brother Thomas is saying, He conquered a sickness. He conquered alcohol. He conquered a drugs. He conquered a lust. He conquered a pride. He conquered a depression. He conquered a selfishness. He conquered a self-righteousness, and He bring you back. No matter how wayward you are, no matter how wayward, no matter how far you try to run away, but there is always an earth of Christ provide a sacrifice and by the preaching of the word, by the message of this hour, He will always bring you back. But the man said, He came in an arm and all of his men that was born in his house, and took after them and pursued them all the way to Dan and Dan is the uttermost part of a Palestine Dan to Beersheba from one end to the other and it's a type of a Christ when he saw that a world has took was fallen that he pursued the enemy to the end to receive back the fallen race of Adam when devil took you he will never just took you halfway when devil took you young people listen carefully It's not just to took you just to the internet, it's just social media and this and that. That is just a kindergarten for Satan. When devil took you, he want to took you all the way to the end. He want to make sure that he took you to a point that you will never get it back. He want to take you to the end, you will have no return to come back. But thank God, God also pursue you to the end of the world. No matter how deep you have sin, no matter how far you have gone, no matter how dry that your field is even right now, but God said, I'll pursue you to the end. I'll that one preacher, another preacher, and third preacher, the winter came, and summer came, and came after came. What did he try to do? He said, I'll pursue you to the end. It seems like there's a lot to always get into trouble. Abraham and the one into and the captured a lot and to get him back. The law said thank you. The law said thank you, Pastor. You give me such a good advice. Not by word, but follow through. The prophet said, "What greater regard?" The law that gave it to you. Did it go on out with Abraham saying, Father Abraham, I've been wrong. I know now I missed the blessings. I got carried away out of there, went out in the world. I know you, bought, you brought me back. I appreciate it. I'll go and take it away with the Lord. These right for you. Does he do that? Brother Abraham said, no. He went right back down in Sodom again. And there polluted into Sodom. Amen sometimes it's heartbreaking Right? Yes, it is. you give the people the advice if they took that advice and not just by mouth a lot of people are very polite yeah. a lot of people had a very good mannerism oh thank you pastor, thank you for the good advice, that was so wonderful but they're action proof, they don't believe it right. Right. And then they keep going further, they keep going further then, uh, just like this a lot, Abraham saved him once and twice, and then he went into the deep scene again. And then he went into the deep Sodom. And this time he's not a pitching a tent, but this time he go all the way into Sodom. Right. Right. When he was a pitching a tent, the tent, the God has uh, stand Abraham while He was uh, captured away. He saved him and brought him back. But you saw them? He never do anything good to him. And he continually go into the, the deeper, the Sodom. Why God constantly saving him? Brother Reb said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He said, even Lot, in a backsliding condition. When those two evangelical angels, messengers, evangelists, or whatever you wish to call them, come down here, lost setting in the gate, a little spark was still left in his heart. He recognized that it was angels. It was a messengers from God. Amen. There's a still left a little spark that in the lots heart. Though it was a to that was sunken and deepened in the sand, but it's still he doesn't recognize the Elohim. But he recognized that there's a two messenger. He recognized that there's a two preachers is here. He recognized that a two angel is coming there, trying to bring him out of that. We're wondering why this lot has time after time that's been won into the sin. You look at his lot. This lot, he loved the world. Lot is a lukewarm. Lot can't even straighten his family up. Right. Right. Lot causes strife sure. between him and Abraham. Yeah. And Lot doesn't have a revelation. He cannot even get Godhead straightened up. Right. This is Lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Lot doesn't have a discernment. Right. And he called his uh, Lord instead of uh, like Abraham called Lord. Lot don't know how to teach his children. Lot lingered. Even when they tried to the angel tried to save him out of the place, Lot still lingered. And that caused his wife to turn back and become a pillar of salt. Right. He should be like a Rebecca. Just right away said, I'm gone. I'm leaving this place. Yes. But he doesn't. He was a linger. But the angels even have a mercy. The Lord even have a mercy. He said, I will not destroy the city until you get out of there. Time after time, lot fall into the sin. Time after time, lot stumble. Time after time, lot fall into the self-inflicted mass. Time after time, and the only lot can, the only thing that he can do, he waxes the righteous soul from the day to day because of the sin that in the city. But it have no ability, no power to get out of it. Ah. This is a lot. What a pathetic situation this person in. But God still moved in Abraham's heart to save him. To take him. Abraham is a pleading. Lord, if there is a twenty, Lord, if there's a ten. Save that place. Why lot isn't in there? That is just a nephew or cousin or whatever that is. What is it? Why? And he sent his angel. Even the angel pulled him out. Pulled him out with his daughter. Then he fall into the mess again. Right. And he fall into the fornication. Then he with his own daughters. Yes. And they had a Moab and Ammon, Among Those are the of the people. Why God constantly doing that? Because he is not. There is a mobile tribe is going to come. In Lot, there's a still, there is a seed over there. That seed was called Ruth. God has to save Lot, so that through even the fornication, there is a Ruth is going to come out from that. That Ruth will need a redemption. That Ruth will go into the Boaz field. Because in that law, though in this mass, in this confusion, in all of that, there is a Ruth that's supposed to come. From a Ruth, she become a carrier. Then from a Ruth, become a Obed, then Obed, Jesse, then David, Kim. And then even Jesus Christ is coming from that lineage. No matter how deep he's in the sin. No matter how backside that is in, no matter how weak that that is in, no matter how much mess that is in, but that root must come from that in your life. No matter what a mess that you have messed up with, no matter what difficulty that you went through, no matter how many times you fall and you stumble, no matter even how many times you like this Lord, some no revelation coming, but there is a predestinated seed gene of God that lay in you. God has to be obligated to His own seed, to His own attribute. No matter what mass that is, no matter what confusion that a person is in. But the love of God can never be separated from me. No matter how many difficulties you went through. Sometimes we think we're a drop into the self-inflicted or the mass or pain or difficult or things like that. But don't you forget, there's still a predestinated seed yes. over there. There's still a predestinated seed in all of the chaos. In all of what the had said, this and that, God is responsible for that seed that lays in you. Amen. If you are the predestinated seed of God, sure. by the election of God, proofs of the love of God, He said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. Amen. Because nothing is going to separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. Let a musician come. How we love this kinsman. Even in the situation like that. We're thinking about it. How in the world. How far the love of a God can go. How far the love of God can pursuing a person. Time after time. This person get into backsliding condition. Time after time, he caused trouble. He did this, he did that. But then he's there is a seed that is in there. Sometimes we're coming from a mass background. Sometimes we're coming from the, the place, probably for man, we will give you up a long time ago. We're thinking about why Abraham has to do that. He should have leave him alone. Lord, he's a Nobody should have even pay attention to this guy. He's causing trouble. I've been told you. I've been told you. Did I told you that I don't go there? That he's continually going there. You know what is the Abraham's look at? You know what is God to look at? He only look at that seed that is in you. Right. There is a little spark that is that's still that in the person's heart. You yes, have you went through something? Have you in the darkest hour? Have you in the difficulty? Have you come to a point that don't know which way to turn? Don't know what to do? And time after time after time, you probably are already tired to your own self. You probably already tired that to yourself, Lord, When is this going to be ended? But you know what? God has a long range vision. He said, you are my child. I put that seed before the foundation of the world. You might be giving yourself up for a long time ago. You probably give it up to the person that beside you long time ago, but the Lord never give you up. Let us stand. Let's sing a song on the night 38. High and lifted up. Heavenly Father, how we thank you, Lord. Nothing will stop the love of God. Lord, the fornication doesn't stop you. Lord, the wrongdoing doesn't stop you. The weakness doesn't stop you. Nothing will stop you that from your love, Lord. How we thank you that we have a, such a loving Savior. That's to the pursuit to the uttermost to pursue your children back to the fold. Oh God, I just pray you, Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't really experienced the love of God, made a pursuing love of a God, let it make real to them. Lord, make yourself become a personal to them. Lord, even that is a moment. Let the presence of a God let it drop into their heart. Let the love of a Christ become so dear to them. Lord, so that it would generate a faith, a trust, a confidence that they have to you, Lord. Lord, may them uh, not any who is a backslider, who has been filled cold, and may they never run from you again. Lord, and may they not run from you, but may they run to you, Lord. Father, do the work, Lord. Lord, we know the camp meetings is coming. Lord, we just pray that the presence of a God become so near to each one. Lord, you ever prepared the place that in a mountain baker there that you invited the young children that are going over there and to spend time not just to play and be with themself, each other, which is good, wonderful, but Lord, you had a conference with them, Lord. You want to meet each one of them. Reveal your love to them, Lord. So that they can experience the love of God. Not just talking about it. Not just heard about it. But Lord, so that they can experience it. Father, we give you all the glory. Lord, we just pray you. Use our brother Aaron, Lord, anointing him. Amen. Let the Spirit of God anoint him so much, Lord, deal to deal himself himself, don't even know what he was speaking, but then he become a Jesus Christ speaking through him. So that a word will become a personal to our children. How we love our young people, Lord. How, Lord, have they ever been facing so much pressure, facing so much things from the world, from Satan. But Lord, we're not trying to magnify the power of Satan, but we're magnified the power of a God. Lord, we know the power of a God is an overcomer. Amen. He conquered the sickness, he conquered the depression, he conquered anything that the devil had to throw. Lord, you are the greater victorious one. We give you all the glory. Amen. Father, be with us. Let it go with your people, go with your children. Yes. Lord, so that when we in appointed time, when we come back again. Lord, we can say it is so good to be come back to the house of a God. Because we can hear the word of a God again. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I mean if we can just sing another song. Uh, Here is a love. You know that song? Uh, before we go. praise the Lord do you love him I think no one can be encountered with Jesus Christ without being falling in love with him thinking about think about what you what you were now we're all pious like angel we're standing here we're sitting here look at your old picture Sometimes I look at some of your old picture I was wondering who that man is or who that beast is and then see what is the transforming power of god what is that the pursuing love of god yeah. and i'm thinking about you know sometimes we say words so foolish and i remember when i was in the church in the in, in china in the street self church i pulled a person who introduced the message to me i told him i said you got to be responsible for what you said because they believe in a message, they share the message with everybody. I say, you're a, you're, you're, you're a man with your word. You should be careful about what you said. How can you preach this cult to our people? And then I come into the cult. And I was thinking about what a grace of God has done to us. Some of you, you used to be an alcoholic. Some of you, you're a drug addict. Some of you are running around. Some of you, you're just a, a good for nothing. But what, see, see what God has made you for you today. Who did that? Jesus Christ. Through the word of this hour. That is the pursuing power, pursuing love of God. Nothing going to stop Him to pursue you. If nothing was to stop Him to pursue you till now. How much more He will keep you until the body change, until the rapture. Nothing can stop you to that body change. Don't look down on this earth. Don't look down what's happening now. This and that. I done this. or I didn't do that. Look for the future. Look for the destination that the Lord has prepared for us. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Let us love each other. And to shake hands with each other, say the best thing you can say, and to pray for the upcoming camp meeting. And Lord willing, Brother Aaron, they're gonna come speak to our children. I'm sure the Lord will give us a wonderful time. That in the Word of God, may the Lord bless you. You're dismissed.